This is Good Riddance the Podcast. Good Riddance the Podcast, episode number 42. Episode 42, yeah, I'm looking at the screen right here, 42. Um, we want to welcome y'all back, man, to the bi-weekly show, man. We uh, we made a couple little changes to, 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 to some deliveries, but we back nevertheless. I'm your boy, Ivory, humble, gracious, as always. Here alongside me is my man, Jay. Episode 42, man. Yeah, we back all right. <clears throat> We back. We back for sure. Oh man, it feels good though. It does actually. It feels good. It, it does actually. Good. I feel like I feel like we got a lot to uh address. To address. I feel like we uh You know what I mean? I feel like we 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 got some things to talk about. Now since we moved the podcast bi-weekly, I feel like we have a little bit more time to breathe a little bit, enough time to, you know, be able to engage with with people as opposed to coming so frequently. At least for now, you know what I mean. Yeah, for give now. us give us a little give us a little breather time. Um, damn man, we got a we got I got a I got a little list here. It's a little long. Ah uh, man, don't tell me about long list, bro. No, we ain't gonna get through it all. We I'm just, gonna tell you I like just, this. I just want to hit on some on on the most important things. But I mean, well, but before we do that, sure. Before we start hitting up the list, shoot the shit. All right. Uh, first and foremost. Because it's been about, yeah, it's, it's, you know, since we hit this bi-weekly last week, we didn't pod, had some shit going down. So, the fuck's been up? Tell oh, these motherfuckers man. what the fuck's been going on on your side of the world. So with me, man. Um, What I got? What I got? Anything special happened? We had uh, nothing too special. Pretty much the same monotony, same shit. But, I mean, we had, uh, we had Father's Day last Sunday. Of course. Father's Day for me was actually pretty good. My girl asked me what I wanted. Did I you was get like, it? quiet. Oh, so you didn't even ask? I just, no, no, I, I just told her some quiet. Just, that's it. Okay, so, <laughs> so the conversation went, hey, baby, what do you want for Father's Day? I was just like, some quiet. Okay. Just some quiet, some chill. I just want to sleep in. So I slept in, we jumped up. Hung out a little bit. Um, my girl got her ear pierced that day. It was just some random shit. Like she got uh, like some crazy little piercings and shit going on. Okay, looks pretty tight. All right, and painful, of course. But nevertheless, um, I mean the word piercing defines a little bit of pain in between. I would assume. Um, it depends. I got my ears pierced, bro. You're piercing through flesh. Go fuck what you tell me. Hey. There was some level of pain. Nah, it was just it was just like a little shock. But hey. I was it was it was four twenty. It was like 2010. I was like, why not? I was fucking high as shit. Ah. And so, a little Asian lady at my one of the homies was like, "Yo, you should," because he went and he got his ear pierced. He's like, "Yo, you should get yours pierced." I'm like, "Nah, I'm good." The Asian lady that pierced his ear was like, "Look, I can do it for you. Give me five minutes, it'll be pierced." I'm like, "Nah, I'm not doing it." Talk me into it. Done. I was like, yo, when she did the one ear, I was like, yo, you got to do the other one now. So she pierced that bitch. And ever since then, you know, my dad was like hella old school too. So he ain't really fuck with ear piercing. When I walked in with <laughs> earrings in, he was like, I would say something, but I'm not. 
Same thing when I walked in with my first tattoo. He was like, I would say something. I would say something. <laughs> but I'm not. You just know how I feel about it. And I was like, I know. I got you. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. Um, so I, we ended up hitting some uh, Brazilian steakhouse on Father's Day and shit. It was not pretty bad. fire. Not bad. Downtown L.A. They brought up the, sir, would you like some of the tri-tip? I'm like, yes. You don't even have to. Yes. Dude walked up. Can I give you some of the sirloin cap, sir? <laughs> yes. Come through, the, <laughs> come through with the sirloin cap. I'm like, yo, this is fire. Would you like the well done or would you like the medium rare? I'm like, that medium player. Ah, there you go. <laughs> doing it right. You're doing it right. But yeah, man, what else? What else, man? Um, That's it, man. I think we even linked up one one time. For some poker night, and that's right. I think that was the week. Yeah, that that same weekend. That, that was a little bit prior. That was Saturday. Yeah, that was a Saturday. Saturday, of. Saturday prior, and then Sunday was fires. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah we had a little bit of poker. You know, for for those that uh, that, uh, that you know that, that that know us, you know, we we occasionally get a little bit of the the gambling festivities. You know, we got a little location we go to, yeah, bring yeah. In the poker, pop out the drinks, have a little good time. You know, you can't complain. Um, one thing that I was excited about, I'm not going to stay on Father's Day too long because, you know, it is what it is. It was kind of yeah, kind of slow motion for me as I imagine was for you. Of course. Um, I was, I was oddly pleased by the, um, the apparent decrease of women on, on the internet, on Father's Day, praising themselves for being... For playing both roles and for you know what I mean for doing shit like like <laughs> I usually hate that like the, the on on Father's Day the single moms and you know whatever their situation is they got to get online and say well yep Happy Father's Day to me <laughs> motherfucker bitch go you have Mother's Day if you didn't get no love on Mother's Day then you need to you know analyze the people that surround you let this day be for the men. Who are actually there for their children, for the for the fathers, for the people who stepped up as stepfathers. You know what I mean? Like, of course, chill. Like, I don't want to hear you, you know, doing that. I didn't even pay attention. You know, I got a bad habit of something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I you know, this is actually a bad habit in general. So you know, me and social media, we're very um, we're very weird with each other, if I may. Right? Yeah. There's a moment where. Like, I could spend a day, two days straight like mm-hmm. on it. Like, okay, cool. You know, let me post some shit. Let me do some shit. And I try to get into it. Mm-hmm. Then I get bored. I'm like, dude, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why Like why am I, like, A, why am I posting this shit? And then B, it's just like, okay, you know what? I don't need to be seeing what the fuck these motherfuckers are doing anyway. You feel me? So, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I, I got to so say weird. that. It's weird. So I think it's just all up front. Like, I don't believe anything I see on social media from anybody. I don't feel like people, it's just not real to me. Everybody puts up this facade, just like on Father's Day. Like, I'm not trying to see a long message by the single mothers detailing their mistakes, their laps in judgments. If Father's Day ain't for you, Father's Day ain't for you, right? If you don't got got a, a male figure in your life that you want to, um, 
uh, portray on social media as Father's Day. He's a good dad. He's a good person. Just stay off. I can vouch for that. Just stay off. I can vouch for that. I, I you know, I, I think that I'm coming to a real conclusion. You do not see men on Mother's Day. No, no, don't say, don't, don't say that now. I've, I've seen it. Because remember, we're living in a day and age where we don't even know who's who anymore. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I of, I'm of the mindset. I won't jump on that one just today. You know, I'm, I'm of the mindset anybody can be what they want to be, right? Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily care. Like, you don't wish two lesbian women with a child happy Father's Day. Uh, one feels entitled to it, though. Not necessarily. I mean, because on a legal standpoint, one of them calls himself a male. Sp- I actually spoke to. Um, a gay person or a lesbian person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a weird dynamic. You would think it would be a little different, but it's not. It's a lot of people who aren't of that community think that two lesbians in a relationship with a child, we think that one of them has to be has to be playing the role of a male. That's not the case at all. She's like, we're both female. Neither one of us try to act like the male. Neither one of us, you know, quote unquote, wears the pants. We just both females who have a child. I was like, that opens up a can of worms. Wait, but when she thought when when she told me about that, I was like, I can understand how that's a common misconception that we think that two people in a relationship, whether it's male female, male male, or female female, we think. One person in the relationship has to play the role of right. the male or the female. But, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a can of worms, man. Because at least from all of them that I know. And, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I still have a lot of questions about it. Of course, I want to. I would love for somebody in that community to just come sit down and just chop it up. Because yeah. I want to know when there's a child involved, you know, and I'm ignorant to it. And I, 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 I'll, I'll admit it flat out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when there's a child involved, how do you give that child a male figure? Because a male figure is, uh, like, you know, a father figure is kind of needed in a child's life. You know what I mean? So, like, if y'all are both female, female, and y'all do not try to play no role of, quote, unquote, male. Right. That's what I mean. How do you give that to a child? It's that that part of it is a can of worms. I won't jump too much into that one. At least I'm not in the mood for it today. But I'm ignorant to it, so I want to know. I will say this much though. Let me let me let me be a good advocate today instead of always being the advocate of the of the other side. I guess the only way that I would see that mm-hmm. is good judgment. In the, at the end of the day, whether you're a male or a female, mm-hmm. if you got a kid, let's say a, a mother who raises a kid by themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming they would train or teach the kid good judgment. And that's pretty much what you got to do with kids. You know, this is right. This is wrong. These are consequences. These are the judgment calls. Sometimes, you know, you're going to fall. You're going to get up and you got to do it over again. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where, yeah, the father figure would kind of express that in a different way, I would think, just because I'm a dad and I have right. a different way of expressing stuff. In comparison to the women in my life, which is two of them that basically, you know, good women to my kids. But at the same time, like, so me, I grew up in a house with three men, 
Me or my, my little brother, my dad, my oldest brother. To this day, I am horrible at, like, outward affection. My girl tells me all the time. You, like, even she tells me this to my daughter, like, about my daughter. She's like, you need to be more outwardly affectionate to your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that, you know, lovey-dovey, oh, my God, come give me a little, come. I, I, I'm just not that way. Yeah. I was raised in a house with three men. Like, my dad was very old school. My dad said, you don't show no pain. You don't show no hurt. Keep your emotions inside. Your emotions are for you and for you only. Right? So if you got shit, you need Self-esteem. To, right? It's it, Right? Like, what Cat Williams say? He was like, it's, a, it's the steam of I'm your motherfucking self. <laughs> it is the steam. Like, like <laughs> my dad was really like that. He was like, if you need a moment, if you need to, you know what I mean? Whatever you need to do, if you need that moment, you wait till 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 it get dark, right? Till everybody go to sleep and give yourself that. You moment. go in your room. You go in the back. You 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 give yourself that moment. You give yourself that moment. Yeah. Then, when the sun come up again, you stand up, you put your fucking pants on, and you go handle whatever it is that needs to be handled. That's right. Right. It's none of that. You you get what I'm saying? It was just yeah. so. My 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 girl's like you got to be more outwardly affectionate, and I'm like I be trying to too. I, like you know what I mean. Like at, at least like if not so much to my girl, even though she she wants it too. Like it's for sure for my daughter. Like I want to make sure that like I express to her like a range of emotion. Like it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay. These are the you know these are the tri- tips and tricks that you need to do in order to get yourself over it. Like, my dad taught me that you are you. No matter what anybody else in this world, can't nobody do anything to you. Can't They cannot hurt your feelings. They cannot take this away from you. They cannot take it away from you. He was like, every person that I have ever was involved with, if they wanted to up and leave, they can up and leave. But everything here, everything you see, this house, everything, this car, everything you see, stays. Because it's on my dime. He was like, you build your own shit, you invite somebody into your shit. When it's time for them to leave, they get up with what they came with. And they leave. Exit fucking stage left. <laughs> he used to love to exit stage left. Rest his soul. And I, like, I like, like that. I like that. <laughs> that, that, that that's, that's some real talk right there. Oh. Okay. The door is, is still where I, where it was. You know I, I, mean? I got two doors in the house. One in the back, one in the front. Which one you want to use? Which one you want to use? <laughs> which use the back one if you want nobody. To <laughs> which one is more accessible, <laughs> right? To to your accommodations. I, but I, I feel that. But it's just it's just one of those things where it's like. Um, but you know though, I think that in a scenario like that one though, I mean, I, I don't know. And again, again, I see it. I see it from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. I really think that that's the re- that's one of the biggest reasons why. You have two different personalities in, in a female and in a male. You have the two different dominance levels in between each other, the emotional levels in between each other. Well, but you think about the dynamics, like the male is always the protector and the provider. The woman is the nurturer. The woman is was, in the, you know, throughout history at home providing the love and the attention and the affection while the man was out 
you know, bringing home the bacon, whatever he did. Whether he worked in an office, he was an investment advisor, whether he was, uh, excuse me, whether he was, uh, you know, construction, whatever he did. He made sure the money was coming to the house so the bills can get paid. And the woman was at home. Right. Being the nurturer. Right. And I think it still has a lot of that in between. I mean, nowadays, you know, everybody works, everybody does their own thing and shit like that. But I think that a lot of that still is there because no matter how you pan it, I mean, psychologically speaking, I mean, a woman traditionally just brings more emotions than a man does. You know, they have more hormones to deal with than a man does. You know, so because of that, they have that nurturing feel. They have that extra, you know, uh, that extra sympathy for stuff, you know, on average. I wonder why that is because, like, like, especially when my, like, like, patience. Wait, so who has more patience? You you or your chick? I think my chick does. Yeah? I think I think I think I think my um I think my chick does. Like I like I remember growing up, like seeing my dad get ticked off at little shit. Right? Okay. So when my daughter when my daughter was little, when she was little, I'm talking about one, under one, two years old. Mm-hmm. Primarily, like, when she was, like, a year and a half and below. Bro, my patience was trash. And I still think it's kind of trash. But my daughter would cry. I would have, like, in the middle of the night, wake up. I'd be like, oh, my fucking God, here we go. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I'd be like, fuck, here we fucking. Especially when it was my turn to get up. When my, my girl reached over and hit me on the arm, like, get up. Go get the bottle or change the diaper or uh, make sure she's covered. In, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. make sure it's not too cold. I used to be like, oh, my fucking God. But I think that I think that's more of an exhaustion. What is it? Exhaustion than it is a temperament. But that's but that's it. I think that's exhaustion. But I think that's patience because my girl used to, my girl used to do that shit. Like stronger than ever, like not complaining about it. Just do it. I used to. I, I couldn't help but be like, oh, my fuck. I cannot but, wait until you, like. But once again, that, that that's the nurturing difference, though. See, look, you, you got to give me a different comparison because a mother naturally will have more patience than a father would on average. I mean, yeah, you'll find that the one-offs, but mm-hmm. on average, I mean, you got to remember, man, they, the woman had that child sitting in their stomach for nine months. They had to deal with that. So their patience level is at a different world. The moment the child is out, they have a different temperament. So that's not a good example, I would tell you. I would probably tell you if you're going to test your, if you're going to compare your temperaments, mm-hmm. compare it with small shit like around the house, conversations, pet peeves per se, mm-hmm. right? Like I know with me, basically, I, 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 I believe, okay, my temperament was a lot worse before, but I do believe that I have a pretty solid temperament in the sense that it does, you can't get me mad as quickly. Right, you know, it it takes a bit. It takes a little bit of extra stuff to get me angry. But of course, I got my pet peeves. But yeah. the pet peeves can only be utilized with those that know you. You see, like I think of it this way, right? Let's say someone that knows you, mm-hmm. right? Well, they you know, let, let's say they tell you something like, um, uh, all right. Let, let, let's say you're in a relationship. You tell the chick, hey, you know what? I'm in the mood for some tacos, you know. I think, I, I think we should get tacos. 
about half an hour later, everything's settled. The house is looking good. Now we're about to walk out. And then they ask you the question. So what do you want to go eat? That's your pet peeve? That's a pet peeve because... That's one of my pet peeves too. You, I, I just told you what the fuck I wanted. And now you're asking me on the way out. So what, you, you didn't want what I want? Is that what you're asking? You want to give me a second thought? Do you have a, a, a different opinion? You see, little things Mine's like that. Mine's actually a step further. If I say I want tacos, <laughs> right? Right. And you say, no, nah, I don't want tacos. But let's say I'm open. Fuck it. Let's not have tacos. What do you want? That's whatever you want. If you deny or, you know what I mean, turn down what I suggest, right? motherfucker, you better have a suggestion. That's another pet peeve of mine. If she yeah. says, if I say I want tacos, you say, no, nah, I don't want no tacos. All right, what do you want? Well, I don't know. We're getting tacos. That's it. Right? Like, you don't got a suggestion? We're getting tacos. We're getting tacos. That's it. Now, if you have a suggestion, you're like, no, nah, I don't want tacos. I want to go get some barbecue. Okay. Now, it's on me. Am I in the mood for barbecue? Can I go for some barbecue? Now, if I say no to barbecue, I better have a suggestion. Or we have the barbecue. Or... A voice of reason. There you go. Yeah. But so if I say, no, I want barbecue. I want some Chinese. Now I'll put ball back in your court. Now we need to find a compromise or you need to come up with a suggestion. And, and, and that's what I mean. You see, but, but those are pet peeves, though. But see, yeah. only those people around you will understand those pet peeves. Like, for example, if you meet a total stranger mm-hmm. and you tell a total stranger, you know, I mean, like, or, you, or you're just a friend of a friend, you know, it's just there. And then you, men- you mention, you know, man, let's go get some tacos, you know. All right, cool. Everybody's getting ready. And on the way out. And, and then that person asks, like, hey, so, you know, what do you guys want to go eat? Like, yeah, that's they, an outsider. You, yeah. you you can't, the temperament level becomes more patient because, okay. Of course, of course. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that that's where it all comes from. I think that my temperament is, has become much better because of that reason. And, I mean, I think my kids have helped me get that temperament better. Like, I'm a, I'm a lot more patient with my boy. Mm-hmm. I'm very strict with him, but I'm very patient with him. Right. You know what I mean? Well, my little girl... I think I was more strict with her mm-hmm. at the beginning, you know, because like it's and and they call it sexist. I don't give a fuck. My, my biggest thing was that a little girl has a higher standard of representation than a boy does. A boy could walk out, you know, like fucking with his pants put on backwards, and it's funny. Like oh, this motherfucker, yeah. get your ass back yeah. in there and change People your shit. People are listening are gonna call you sexist. But yeah. I just think whatever. But it's a double standard. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I mean, I, I personally do think it is. But I, but, but I just think I just think that in general, I, I like, I don't want to put that on my daughter, but at the same time, like I want to show her that, you know, I, I want to be able to. Sh- you you get what I'm saying? Like I want to, like, a dude's fucking mad girls, mad chicks, mm-hmm. bro. Another one in the back. Oh, okay. DJ Khaled, another one. Another one. But if we a girl best. is smashing hella dudes, you like, yo, whoa. You feel me? But no, but look, so. but, but, but there's a flip side to that nowadays, man. And look, so see, look, this is where there's certain things that have double standards and there's certain things that don't for me. One of the things that I basically hold to the ground is the fact that no matter what, mm-hmm. and again, I, I I mean, give me the backlash if y'all want it, comment it. DM me if you want to. I really don't care, you know. But I I stand by this because this is just how I see it. There is nothing more precious in this world than a woman. Bottom line. I mean, no matter how many of them I've smashed, no matter how many of them I've basically passed through, or whatever it is, at the end of the day, I mean, those were just circumstances. I was, 
we were both victims of circumstances. Call it that way. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you had something I wanted, I had something you wanted, and we made it happen, and then I just so happened to have walked away and left. But the bottom line to this is that there's nothing more precious in this world than a beautiful woman. There's nothing. There's no dude you could ever tell me and say, oh, my God, this guy is the, you got to put a man above all. No. Think about it. When shit hits the fan, mm -hmm. okay, you got a burning building. The building is falling to the ground. What are all the men saying? Who's first to get the fuck out? Women and children. Because I'm going to repeat a, that. Because as a man, that's who you protect first. Exactly. Well, it's just how we were. Because they're the most precious things in the business. I mean, look, I was actually reading this little article like a little while ago. Uh, the Titanic, when it was sinking. Mm -hmm. When the Titanic was sinking, the objective for the lifeboats, it was women and children first. Any dude who tried to be slick and to hop on those boats with those women and children, yeah, they got a cap in their ass. And they were popping those fools right there. Because they're just like, hey, you got to hold to these standards. Women and children first. Because men, we could fend for ourselves a little bit better than they can when it comes down to like shit falling on us or we have to move things around or whatever the fuck it may be. That's just a natural genetic factor of life. And I think that, once again, that's why I hold that standard to my little girl. Yeah. I kind of, you know, yeah, you know. I mean, she, there's there's so many things that I can't control, let's be honest. I mean, because no matter how much you're strict about it, no matter how much you try to you try to extinguish values, in the end, it's up to them whether they want to listen to it or not. It's, um... You feel me? But I bring that level of intensity to her. Right. More so. Because, once again, my boy, I got to give him that... The, the, see, the intensity levels are in different locations. You see, like, with my boy... I mean, I try to keep them looking sharp. Yeah. You see, because no matter what, I mean, you know, like I said, there's, there's that double standard you can say. But at the end of the day, with my boy, and, you know, I give I give his mom mad props for this because she works on this one a little bit more than I do, which is you got to, I mean, as a man, you got to be looking good. Okay. Yeah, we can have our little slump days and just walk the fuck out, just not give a shit because we're dudes, we're rugged, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Right. You know, but grandfathers basically taught to us. You know, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. let's be honest. A rugged dude, basically, they they end up getting you know, they could they could get multiple pie. All right, they can, because women there's a lot of women out there that love that shit. It's like, oh man, this motherfucker smells and he's fucking rugged. He works fucking rough hands and all that kind of bullshit. They love it, right? Right. right. But then, of course, you know, then you got the other side of it that they just love a well-dressed man, always presentable, being a gentleman, opening doors, doing what they got to do, that has a lasting figure. You follow what I'm saying? So yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it's, it's, all about, it, yeah, it's all about preference. So my thing is this. So my, my preference, I guess I can say, for my little one is just I want her to be as respectable as she can possibly be, because mm -hmm. I know what it's like to deal with a respectful woman, and I also know what it's deal uh, to deal with, to deal with when when that's not. And again, not to say that the you know the one that's not isn't up to par. Beautiful women. Well, I mean, but then when you think about it in the terms of a a, a father is their daughter's first love, so meaning that in the sense that you're the first man that your daughter will grow to love. So when she's of age and she's dealing with, you know, the the comings of life, 
she is going to gravitate. She is going to um, conf- like confide in a man that was like her dad. In some cases, yeah. Or sometimes it'll just do the total opposite. You see, it, it's you see that that's why I, I don't look at the statistics anymore. Like but when that. you think about it, is would you want your daughter? If your daughter, you know, when she's twenty five, I don't know how old. If she met a man that was exactly like you were right now, mm-hmm. would you be comfortable? Would you feel safe with that man? Honest to being God, the, being the 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 on the some, man in her life. On some real talk, yeah. And I, and I'll tell you one specific reason why. Just. One simple one. What's that? The thing about myself in general, and those that I've I've, I've learned to show love to, mm-hmm. they know, and they can tell you. No matter what they want to basically, like, uh, no, no matter what we ended up with or how we ended, mm-hmm. there's one thing that none of them could tell you otherwise, and that is that when I love, I love damn good. I do for you. Okay, mm-hmm. so my thing is that I think in most cases, a lot of people, they, they take those considerations a bit differently because a lot of people could look at me and be like, man, how the hell could you say that if you got two different baby mamas, right? And for those that know me well, you know, they, they could say, oh, well, you're with one and the other, whatever the fuck. Put, put that analogy into perspective, right. right? Okay, fine. But to go to that point, when it comes down to basically having someone when when the term of conversation of love kicks in, okay, I would mm-hmm. hope that my daughter made the good judgment of finding a person that loves them, okay, not just falling in love with somebody because there's a two different there's a two way street there, right. So if they fell in love with someone like me and someone like me loved them back, I'd feel hundred percent safe and comfortable with it because as long as that is a mutual understanding, that's gonna ride a long time. The only issue would be mm-hmm. is that you know. When you love somebody either, let's say, too soon or you love somebody in the sense that you love the person. I do agree with that. I do agree with you can meet somebody too soon. Yeah. Because when you're young, you fuck off a lot of shit, man. That's absolutely right. Damn. And I don't want to stay on this shit too long. We've been, we've, we've been on this shit for a minute. Well, that's to give you an example, a little idea. That's, I mean, but, but, but that's some real shit. That's some real shit. Um... What else we get, man? What else? What else we got? We had this past weekend. I was fucked up. Hey. I was really fucked up. Let me ask you Yo. Damn, that last one was good. Um, did you catch that um, that polymonology? Um, polymonology. What is his name? Who? Polymonology. I can't say his last name right now. Malinaji. There you go. Malinaji. Polly Monologi, he had a bare knuckle fight. You know, you know who oh, Polly is, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I've heard of it. I don't really fuck with bare knuckle though. Well, no, no. Well, the 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 concept behind it though. Mm-hmm. So if I mean, for those that don't know, Polly Monologi, Polly Monologi was the um, he was the boxer that was used when Conor McGregor was training for Floyd Mayweather, and um, in those events that they were training with each other. It was, what was that, Polly ended up, uh, I guess, it, it, either he got dropped in, mm-hmm. it, you know, in, in the sparring session with McGregor. At least the videos made it seem that way. Polly was like, show the entire clip. 
you know, not just pieces of it. I mean, there was a lot of arguments there because it's supposedly there was a lot of falsified information being put out there because Polymanology was a two-time champion, mm-hmm. okay? So, I mean, they, they, the boy's got a credibility. A good boxer in his prime time. And um, so that always kind of lingered around. So this this guy, um, I, I, I can't recall his name right now, but this guy is a bare-knuckle fighter, but, you know, he's, he's MMA-related, and he's also, he was affiliated at one point or another with either the you know, the, the training camp of McGregor of some sort of way. Right. Okay. So the bottom line, this this promotion got built. A boxer against an MMA guy doing bare knuckle fighting. Now, the objective here was basically you can't kick, you can't take to the floor. So it's still technically boxing. Mm-hmm. Similar boxing rules, except that, you know, it's, it's bare knuckles. So I guess Polly was trying to prove a point that... You know, like, hey, us boxers, we can go in. I mean, like, you know, we, we can take this shit and, you know, you know, like whatever. I guess whatever the whatever point he wanted to prove. The bottom line, he lost the fight by a decision. He was doubtful about it and all this kind of shit. But it was intriguing to me, though, because one of the things he said at the end of the fight, he apologized to the boxing community because the boxing community kept telling him that he was above that type of fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, man, you're a two-time champ. Why do I think that? he is too, though. Like, why the fuck are you? Well, but but here's the thing, though. Like, right. I don't believe that there is such thing as you're above anything. And I got disrespected when I heard that. Because. I think you can be above shit. If you, well, it, it, it depends on the circumstance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're talking about an emotional comparison or if you're talking about values and whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. But if you're talking about you're a competitor, you're a physical competitor okay right. your specification is boxing now you're gonna do a, you're gonna do something else similar to what you already do it's boxing the only difference is that you're not wearing gloves no 10 ounce no eight ounce no gloves that's it so in that sense the moment you do that it, it changes the factor mm-hmm. you know because getting hit you know bare knuckles is a little bit different from a boxing glove because you can take a couple more shots with the gloves than you can with the knuckles Right. In some cases. Right. And um, my, my point is this. When he said that he was above it, I was like, what the fuck, dude? You chose to do it because you assumed it was going to be a walk in the park and you were going to win. You lost. Right. But now you're above it. Fuck you. You ain't above it. That's like, know, a, that's like if Floyd decided to do that shit. And Floyd then Floyd fought a 14-year-old in Japan and nobody got to see it. Well, but but, like, on, I mean, but that, that was just a promotional hype that he got paid for. I mean, you can't knock it for making money. But my, my concept is this. This was something that was actually a sport. This, this, had a, this had a record involved. It was an exhibition. Right. So it had a record involved. You went to a promotion. You took a fight. You tried to make it happen. Right. You lost a fight. Now you gave yourself every excuse. Oh, you know, they told me I was above it. I should have listened. Like, okay, motherfucker, if you would have won... This is why boxing, you know, this is why boxers are on the top of this shit. This is why blah, blah. Like, you would have had all this mouthpiece to basically put out there. But because you lost, now you're above it. Fuck you. Well, I just feel like, I just feel like this. If he, if he engaged himself into it and the outcome wasn't what he thought it should be, I'm, I'm not even not familiar with the story, so I'm actually learning it right now. Yeah. Um, if, he, if he put himself in that scenario willingly... And the outcome wasn't what he wanted it to be or what he thought it should have been. 
Um, then it's too late to cry. It's too late to cry about that. Of course. Right? Because if it was above you, if, if you were above it, you shouldn't have even been in that scenario in the Bingo. first place. You would have just said, I'm above this, I'm not going to do it. Right. You, yeah, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have took a fight like that anyways. Mm-hmm. But if you, um, you know what I mean? It, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's too late. Like, you, you, you're here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the motherfucker in court that tells the judge, judge, this is not like me. Well, you did it. You were there when they were selling the drugs, and you drove the getaway. So, it yeah. is like you. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Yeah. So I just, I just think it's too late at that point. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I, mean, I just find it intriguing. I found, it, I found it very. You know what I'm saying? Like if Floyd would have lost to the 14 year old kid, and he came out and said, you know what, like, I, look, nah, he, he, he would have came out talking about, hey, it was an exhibition. I didn't even train for it. This was just to make a quick buck. Bro, he would have had all the buffer in the fucking world. I already know it. Oh, yeah. But it was intriguing. But there was also some UFC fights, no? That on, on, on that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that same Saturday night. Korean Zombie fought this past weekend. Yeah, because it was, it was this past weekend. Killed this dude, bro. Like, yeah. he came, like, it was just, it, I think he beat him in like 15 seconds or some, some fashion like that. It was one of those things where it's like, did you see the fight? Oh, did you see the highlights? I, I saw the highlights. I saw the highlights. Bro, like, that was some shit people do in, like, shadow boxing. You never, as a, I feel like as a, as a fighter, you rarely get the chance to throw that combination. Moy um, kind of threw a punch, just a regular, like, haymaker, overhand right. Like a check right kind of thing. Yeah, it, like, he was really trying to, zombie, step back. Punch missed him. He came in, two-pieced him. When kind of fell out, zombie was on top of him, just pounding, pounding away. And what I'm saying is, to slip that punch and to just hit and just to come back with a cold two-piece, perfect timing. He got the two. He got he he landed right on the chin. You get what I'm saying? Like it, it's just shit you only see in shadow box. You never really get to see that. Like in live fight because it's hard to time it, or when you are trying to time it, you 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 miss it a little bit. So that shit was crazy though. That shit was a good. That shit was a yeah, good fight. I heard it was a good card. I mean, it happened during the same time. I was just very. Intrigued. It was a cool. It was a cool little card. I don't. I didn't think the card was that great. Um, I was just interested in seeing Korean Zombie do his shit. I, I heard it was pretty good, but kind of kind of just sticking on that UFC real quick. Just on a, just on a quick little note. <laughs> So you heard about that beef, well not not beef, but the conversations that were happening between Israel and uh, and John, John Bone Jones. Jones, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I've been seeing the beef. John Jones is my favorite fighter. I qualify my statement by saying this. I agree with Israel and Izzy in this uh, scenario. I do. You fill me in. The reason why is because think about when Floyd was still fighting. He fought um, Canelo too fucking early. He baited Canelo. Canelo took a fight. Floyd beat him. Now, I think Floyd probably would have beat Canelo no matter when he fought him. But Floyd was fighting. Floyd seen Canelo on the horizon over there just showing up on the scene. Like really just getting that national recognition, showing up on the scene. Floyd fought him. Floyd beat him because Canelo primarily wasn't even ready for that fight. 
I think I think there's an instance of this going on with John Jones and Israel Adesanya. And I think Israel Adesanya, um, he's aware of that. Right? John Jones, he's been a man for a minute. Israel Adesanya, he's just now breaking onto the scene. John Jones is like, let me fight him. Or not let me fight him, but just having a few words towards him. Instead of congratulating him early in his career, John Jones is like, no, this is another light heavyweight right here. <laughs> he looks like, you know, give him a few years, he's going to be the face of the light heavyweight division, as I am right now. So let me beat him now. Beat him now, so that way, in so, the future, wait. So let me ask you something. I get I, the upper hand. I, I I see that the analogy put into the table, but is it so? You, are you telling me he's too green in the UFC business, or he's too green in the fight business? Who? Israel. Yeah. Both. Because I, Both? I, I'll I'll argue the fight part, but there's only there's, there's only a reason why I'll I'll argue, I'll argue the fight part. I mean, right. for the, for the, for those that are not truly familiar, because yes, in the UFC he probably has what 16, 17 fights. Less than that. So, no. About 16, 17 fights. He's, I know he's undefeated. Israel? Yeah. Look, check uh, him out. Let me let me fact check. I think, yeah, yeah, fact check I think he's like 9, 10, or 11. Somewhere in that ballpark. No, me, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, I, I could be wrong. So, yeah, double check that. I believe it's 16, 17 fights he has, but he's undefeated. I know that for sure. But as far as the green is concerned, for those that a lot of people don't know, he has a boxing record. Okay? He did boxing. He did, I think, about like seven, eight fights maybe in boxing. He lost one and lost one fight in boxing, kind of let it go. But his biggest record where his, where, where his right. talents You're come from. Right. He's, uh, he's 17 and 0. Okay. Yeah, he's 17 and But now. check him out. Look, look, look at his record. Boxing? He has kickboxing. He's, yeah. done, he's done over 90, I mean, what is that, 80 to 90 fights yeah, in he's, kickboxing. Uh, he's he is not nowhere near. 75 and 5. <laughs> the fuck. He in was, kickboxing. But, bro. Right, but his that MMA is, is only seventeen and five, uh, yeah, seventeen and zero. I, I understand that, but here's what I'm trying to get to you at. You have a fighter five and one in, in boxing, professional boxing. Oh, he was five and one. Okay, yeah. so so think about this. So seventy five and five. He won seventy five fights. He lost five in kickboxing. So, as far as fighting is concerned, okay, the boy's not green in any way, shape, or form. Because oh, let's let's remember this now. Mm-hmm. Let's be very crucial about this. UFC is a sport. That brings in the best of all categories, and I've always loved the UFC because of that. You had Chuck Liddell when he first walked into the scene. His thing was Kempo, right? Mm-hmm. You had wrestlers, basically, like Randy Couture. You had a wrestler, a Kempo fighter. Randy Couture meets with him the first time. Biggest upset of all time, right? Why? Because wrestling ability was something different from his. Yeah. He retracted. He rebooted. We all know the we know the rest of the story, right? But so the idea is how this Israel says this. What is that? John Jones is like the senior on campus. But John Jones only has what? How many fights does Jones have? Jones twenty six, twenty seven fights. Jones has been the light heavyweight champion for years, bro. He he's been the light heavyweight champion for years, but his fight record is not over thirty. I, I'm fucking sure of that. Fact check that. Hold on. Fact check. I'm fact checking it right now. Yeah. But my thing is, uh, please check that because then, then we have a conversation to really discuss. Because if that's if that's the only argument that's brought to the table, I think it's not it, it, it's not one worth the conversation. 
Because John 26 Jones... 26-1. 26. Or 24-1, and one, I'm sorry. 20... Okay, let, 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 everybody, anybody who's listening. 24-1-1. and one. 26 fights in total. One no contest. One was a what? Disqualification? Yeah, one disqualification, one loss, and one no contest. Okay, but no, the, the loss wasn't a loss. What was the loss? Against who? Uh, let me see. No, no, it's just... It's a, it's a DQ and a no yeah, contest. Yeah, there you go. DQ, no contest. Yeah. So... Because he's never lost. So you got 26 fights in total. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, do me a favor. In the fact check that you're looking at, does he have any other fighting record on his stable? Has he ever done anything outside of those 26 fights? None whatsoever. So who is actually the more experienced fighter of the two? Bro, but MMA is different. Bro. Bro, fighting, fighting MMA is 17 different. 17 fights. He called him... Uh, compared him, to 12, he's the senior on campus. What, what's the math on that? 16, wait, wait. 16 with 25. I mean, 26. What's the math on that? I mean, 17 and 26. The what? Plus? Yeah. What's the, what, what, I mean, what's the fight difference in that? But what I'm saying is... There is no Israel just showed up. You're taking his amateur background into, into account. No, it's not about he just about, showed up. He just, he's just John, not showing up. John Jones became the light heavyweight champ at about, what, 14 fights. Let's not forget that. And he's had a title... For, I mean, is it his fault? Long. It's not his fault. Well, it's, I'm not blaming not. him. John Jones is my favorite fighter. Yeah, because he John took, Jones is my favorite fighter. He was a but fighter. He, he is, took all the fights and didn't run for shit, and he fought. Now this guy, he has more fighting experience than John Jones does in a, in any way you look at it. Similar in MMA because we got 17 to 26 fights. I mind you, out of those 26 fights, two of those fights Israel came with the same just, fighter. Israel just got here though, bro. 17 fights ago is not just getting here. Bro, he, he, you haven't heard of Israel Adesanya before the last five fights. Bro, nobody heard about John Jones until he fought for the title. It's no different. That's that is different, no, bro. Because he was a contender. He was he was when he when he and, first got and, on the scene. And now he we was got tearing he was, up the light heavyweight division. He's a contender now, isn't that something? History repeats itself. He's not a contender yet. He's been Israel. Israel is a contender to you. He he's been looked at as a contender. Who else is there in the light not heavyweight division? Light heavyweight division. Name, give me, give me a name. Who, who is a contender in the light heavyweight? Yeah, bro. There's, there's hella people. Like Thiago Santos. He's about to fight. He's a contender. He's. A, I could pull up. I could pull up some names right now, and bro, and, and kind of. I, I need you to give me some undefeated names that are in the books. Why does it have to be undefeated? You could be a contender with a loss. No, you can be. But here's the thing. John Jones has wiped out everybody in that division. Anybody who was a contender, he fought him. He didn't duck nobody. Right. Which is why he has so little fights. Right, and I, I agree with that. He ran through the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that, everybody, um, everybody in that division knows who who's to be fucked with. Um, so what? John Jones is in a unique spot because there's a new crop of light heavyweights coming through. But look, so for you, like, so so when Izzy said he's like the senior on campus, he sees the young freshman kid. Pulling the bitches, making the football team, get, looking looking good. I, he he, is Israel. Israel knows it's too early. It's too soon. I just got here. I just got here. I disagree. I Israel, He said it out of his own mouth. He said I just got here, bro. For him to set his sights on me so soon, because John Jones is right. What he say? He's he's, he's too light and ass. I will kill his ass. He's, he's right. Izzy's like, uh, Paul's like, his body ain't even there yet. 
Bro. He hasn't even... Come on, bro. Bro, like, you, but look, th- that, that sense of conversation is irrelevant, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. These fools are about the same age. Who? John Jones and who? No. No, John Jones is 33. Bro, this fool's 30. So John Jones is about 33. John Jones is born in 87. The other fool is born in 89. You see, look, when, when, when I'm putting stuff into perspective for you, wait, just wait, so you but can you're see. Using, it. But wait, but you're using like but you 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 make sense. But when you talk about, I'm telling you. Wait, when you when you, you we're talking about the sport, <laughs> like not, Israel, just like we're talking about the sport. You're right. Like, come on, like, like, like. There's a couple dudes that like Dominic Reyes. Look, Looking kind of good. He he's ranked like he's ranked like number six in the in the U and and the heavyweights light heavyweights. Can I tell you something? He looks kind of good. Can I tell you something? Glover Teixeira looks kind of good. Look, bro, he's been looking kind of good. I'm a, I'm a give Corey you, Anderson's looking a little good. I'm I'm gonna give you something, just something so you could just just to think about, just to think about. I'm gonna throw some names at you. You just tell me if you if you know these names. Brad Bernard. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Carlos Eduardo. That's a that's a that's an old school name, but they don't. But Carlos Eduardo no. washed out. Anthony Pena. Ryan Verrett. Parker Porter. So what are you saying though? Moses Gabin. What is what, it saying? What I'm going with this is this. Before, okay, this was 13 fights into the game. 13 fights. This is UFC 28. This is back in 2011. So consider how old John Jones was at that time. He was in his 20s. He was green. He ends up getting an opportunity just because of a default against Mauricio Shogun's Rua for the light heavyweight champ. Shocked the world. But guess what? Prior to that, he fought a bunch of nobodies. I just feel like a lot of times it's about... He, he's, not, he's let, just he's let, just he's just differently talented, and that's perfectly fine. Which like, is where I go with let, this. Let, let us as fans it, of Israel Adesanya it is, like but, see him fight and, bro, and and rise up the ranks in in seventeen in, fights, thirteen fights, light heavyweight champ opportunity. He took it because Rua called him out and said, "You know what? I'll fight this little fucker." But that's different. How is it different from now? Because History Israel just because Israel said. I'm not ready yet. He knows he's not ready yet, it's, and that's fine. And here's where I go with this. So when so that if he's part saying, of it is fine. If he's saying, why is this? Why is this man with like nine title defenses to date calling me out? I just got here. Well, see, the, the, I just got here. The I just got here is the it's, for me. It's the bro, dumbest UFC, excuse you not, could ever that's give. Not the dumbest excuse because the UFC is the cream of the crop. Bro, he has 17 the fights. UFC in is the, the UFC. cream of the crop. No, they're not all UFC. Bro, check him out. They're not all UFC. Most of his fights have been basically with high contenders in those divisions. So he actually, look, believe it or not, he actually has a better body of work mm-hmm. than John Jones did walking into before he fought with Shogun's rule. But John Jones, but John Jones is, is the exception. He's not the rule. Well, that's my point. He's not the rule. So all I'm trying to say is this, if I'm saying anything at all. The bottom line here is that I will not accept an excuse from a fighter to say, hey, we're not that far apart as far as age is concerned. We're in the same division. I'm just not ready for him yet. So what are you telling me? 
you need him to lose the belt or you need him to move into a weight class before you want to start contending for that light heavyweight championship? Because think about it. If John Jones moves up to heavyweight, which the whole conversation was just that, just to take that shit from Cormier to fuck with him. I don't think he's going to do that. He can. He's he's got the body built for it. But he can do it. Let's consider. He can if, do it because they're did. talking about a trilogy fight. Of course, and and, and, and there's and, big and, money. And John Jones, or uh, Daniel Cormier, and John Jones talked about this. He said that because uh, 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 what's his name, Ariel Hewani? Yeah. Basically, had him on his on his on his show. He's like, "Yo, what do you think about the trilogy fight with Daniel Cormier?" He's like, "I'm done with Daniel." Like he's like, "Yeah, Daniel said he'll he'll cut the weight. He'll come down to 205." John Jones is like, "I don't think he's gonna do that." Because to cut all that weight... No, Daniel doesn't want to fight. Daniel made that clear from the get-go. Daniel Cormier? Cormier. He made that very clear no, from the get-go. He said recently that that is... Because he has a fight with uh, Miotic, Stipe Miotic coming up in August. He said, I might end my career with a John Jones fight. Might. Well, that, he that, said... Because they, they he was asked... Uh, Bro, after the fight, after they found out what happened, he said he will never give him an opportunity to fight again. He felt that he was robbed. He will never fight him again. He said it himself. He said he plans to end his career with that John Jones trilogy. I think that I, don't see I that. think I think the money would dictate that. I think Dana White will force John Jones well not force, but heavily incentivize John Jones to step up or have DC cut that weight. John Jones like I haven't seen him lately. I heard he's bigger than ever. For him to cut that weight, come down to 205, and lose in devastating fashion again, he's like, I don't think he he's built for that. Nah. I, don't, I don't think he can do that. I agree. I agree with that. I agree, too. But, but I would like to see it. Yeah, I'd like to see it, too. But Because DC is no fucking joke. No, no. A DC lot of people, is good, but here's the thing. There, there's such thing in any sport. And I do think people are hyping up that rivalry so much. I don't think that's a big rivalry, at least not to John Jones. I think is no, no. I think there's two people that don't like each other. I don't think they're to a rivalry. John, to John Jones, it's not a big rivalry because he beat him in both times in stellar fashion. It's a rivalry because of the circumstances in which John Jones was in to win those fights. So it still hangs on John. Look, it's still as incentivizing for John Jones as it is for Cormier. Yeah. Because Cormier could basically say, I never lost, which is true. Because if someone was on substance or had some type of substance in them, you could basically wipe off that loss and say, which is why it's no contest on the system. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. But at the same token, if you're John Jones, you know you could beat this man because the substance made no difference. But you just know you could beat him. You want to prove it. But if the other guy's not giving you the chance to do it, everybody's going to look at you and say, hey, you beat everybody except Cormier because you fought him under a substance. You feel me? Yeah. There's an argument in between. So that's what makes it a great rivalry. But to the extent that I'm bringing to the table today, mm-hmm. I do believe, I do believe, as far as a veteran is concerned, Israel is more of a veteran than, than, than John Jones is in any way, shape, or form, simply because of the fight caliber he's, he's already had in boxing, kickboxing, and even MMA for that matter. Because once again, we're looking at records in comparison to you know, I mean, yeah, John Jones bro, is just a different, beast. Is, wait, bro. If, if you're scared when you of Jones, fight on a UFC stage, but yeah, but, that but, is a different fucking stage. But that's why. But don't people quell under pressure. But that's why. But don't right? don't so, lie but, about but that saying, shit. Wait, but what what is he lying about? Like he, he don't come on and say, "I just got here." No, motherfucker. Bro, he did just get here. For him all to have you for him to have all these is, fights, I'm scared to wait. fight the guy. I don't want to fight him. And you know what? He'd fuck me up if we did it now. Wait, but check this out. I get that. Wait, hey, that's more respectful. Wait, but it's not just a fight. 
what, it's what is everything it? that's coming with the fight. Bro. It's the stage. It's everything that comes with it. Bro, but Jones, it's not just Jones the fight. went through it at twenty four or something like that. But he's he's not the rule. He's not the he's the exception. He's not the, the rule. He's not the he's he's come on, bro. Bro, Brock Lesnar. Think did about it. it, bro. Brock did it. Think about it, bro. Think about it, bro. Hey, you're look, taking, you're taking wait, you're taking the anomalies and then try to apply it to everybody. Bro, Brock came in with three fights and won the championship. Heavyweight champ. He ran the stage of them all. I mean, uh, let's not let's not dive so much into the heavyweights. I don't know how great the heavyweight division has been. Bro, I'm just saying. Come on, like let's well, not if, if we're if we're using the stage conversation, no, no, it's we're been talking done about, in different. We're categories. talking about a way more competitive division. I don't know how great the the heavyweight stage is. I, I I'm ne- UFC. I've never been a fan of heavyweights. Well, not all heavyweights. I love Francis Ngannou, who fights this weekend, but it's it's just certain. It's, it's the stage. It's not just the fight with John Jones. It's everything else that's going to come along with it. He has never been on a stage that big. And so to for him to just arrive, Seven, make a name for himself. fights ago. Just now, but he just made a name for himself. There's dudes with deep amateur backgrounds. Bro. That didn't make, that don't have a name yet. See, but but that's why John Jones come on. That's Andy why I Ruiz, We that. just watched him knock out um, um, uh, Anthony Joshua. He's ha- he has a deep amateur background. I'm talking about deep, over a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, over a hundred fights. Yeah, right. When he ma- when did he start making a name for himself, like nationally? When he got the opportunity and he took it. Exactly. So he he's just now making a name for himself, and he's not taking the opportunity. He knows that stage is too big. What do you want him to do? Jump into a situation that he's clearly not ready for? No, it's because you know what. Here's what I fear. Come on, he's he, he's barely a light, a heavy, light heavy. He's barely light heavyweight. I'm gonna tell you what I fear. He don't even have the his body ain't even filled out yet, bro. There's no yet in this division, bro. He's already 30 years old. If you if you haven't yet figured out your body at the age of 30, <laughs> that's a different conversation. What does he have? A, what 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 so, division does he have a belt in right now, bro? So here's here's a concept. Here's Come on, bro. Like, like here's, here's what I bring in. You know how important weight is to a fight, and I don't okay. want to stay. We we we're hour in. I don't want to stay on this fight shit too long. We got some other shit to talk about, bro. But let me let, let me fill you on one thing. Consider one thing. If that is so much of an issue, if that has so much weight, what in the conversation? The fact that his body's not that formed yet. Two or five is not not even probably his weight. He's probably just there, barely on the nick of the scratch. In that case, go to fucking middleweight. That's where he has his belt at. And fucking do your shit in middleweight, and then fight the best in there. That's that's he he literally a few months ago just beat Kevin Gastelum in the middleweight division. Yeah, but so for John Jones to be a division up and see a dude that can possibly be infiltrating that that division to call him out, I think it's a little bit childish on his behalf. Hey, Instead, John Jones should be like, it wasn't a call out; it was a question that they brought to his attention. He just answered it. In the form that John Jones would answer, right? He sh- he was what, honest about what it. I think he should be. He should be the big brother, be like, "Oh man, he's tearing up that division." I think he's gonna tear up that division. Leave it at that. Say he he. Bro, you you talking about come the forties fighting style, Wait, bro? No, this, no, no, we we don't live in that kind of shit bro, no more. He's in another weight class, not too far apart. Come on, not too far apart, but at all. You know, how, all right. When uh, fighters move up and down to. Fighters well, get praised all the time for moving up and down on in divisions. Mm-hmm. The reason why they get praised is because of that weight cut or that weight gain. And so to fight at these different weights is much, much different. Much different. But my point is it's been done in it's so been, many different ways. It's been done. I mean, come on. Connor but, went up and down. 
Yeah, and not just Connor. Let's talk about a big name here. Right. What, what name bigger than Connor? Well, the only name that was always bigger than Connor even until until he retired and Connor came into the mix. Who? Best middleweight of all time. You don't know. Don't don't look. Don't give me that look. Tell me. George Saint Pierre. Yeah. It, what's his, what's that, his win loss record? Only one loss. When he went up or down? No, that was when he was in middleweight. That was that was okay. a, that was against uh, uh, what's that dude's name? BJ Penn. He was a beast. He was a beast. And guess what? He came back and whooped on BJ. He whooped on everybody in the division. He took them all out. And then guess what? Oh shit! What 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 else did he fucking do? No, I'm sorry. Welterweight. He was up in welterweight. And then what else? What did he, what did he end up doing most recently? He ended up going up weights. He went up weights to fucking take the belt when he came back from retirement. And and that's just what he did. But my my the the point that I'm trying to just make here is that basically in this case middleweight is a lot closer. Welterweight to go up that far up, yeah. That that that's a stretch. You're that's going a, that's the whole. Class. You're going from like 147 to 180 something pounds. You're talking about 40 pounds. That's a huge massive difference. Right. Saint Pierre did that. Okay, but that's the anomaly. That when you when we talk about anomalies, that's the anomaly. But now when you're talking about middleweight to light heavyweight. Legends such as Leota Machida have been champs in middleweight, went up to light heavyweight to win championships there when he fucked up Rashad Evans. Prime example. Took the belts. Well, actually, he didn't win the belt now. He just took away. He, he gave him his first loss, I guess I could say. I just think... I, I, I agree with Israel when he says, I just showed up. Like, I just... I'm just now coming into my own. So for you nah. to be in another division and see me as a threat already... I think that says a lot about Israel. But, but John not, Jones is my favorite guy. Look, why not that? Look, he's look, my favorite guy. Why not just that? It's why not? proven hey, you're John, Jones, John Jones sees him as a threat, potentially down the line. I don't, I don't even so, see that. I see John Jones baiting him into a fight that he's not. He, what if he's not comfortable fighting at 205? Then that's fine. What if he's not? What, what if he's. Has he ever fought in two, at 205? If he's, look, put it this way. Uh, that's my question. Has he ever, if he's never if, fought at 205 and you think he's about to move up to 205 for John Jones, look, come on, dog. If you, it's, that's, it, that's nuts, right? No, and that's what I mean. That right? is nuts. But remember, I, I, I'm arguing this statement here. And the statement was, the, the only thing I argue mm-hmm. is that I just got here part. That's the only thing I argue. because he did. He Because, did. once again, you got a bigger record you got a bigger history of fighting. You got more experience. But now let's just keep it simple. All you really had to say, if you if, let's say you're not scared, let's say you let's say he's not scared. But I didn't get anything that he no, said. I but that's why I never got the sense that he was cool. scared or he was hiding or running. And that's what I'm saying. So let's just say that's just he's what like. It is. I'm a fight. I'm a fight, John Jones. When I'm ready. Well, see, look, I'm not gonna move up to another class but, and fight the cream of the fucking crop. But that's the thing, dog. You don't make that kind of statement. I don't have if, an issue with it, though. If if you're not ready for it, oh look. My thing would have been this. It would have been a better statement. Hey, you know what? He's in a different division. I'm glad he sees me as a threat, but we ain't going to fight anytime soon. I'm not moving from this division. I just got my belt, and I'm going to be defending it here in my division. Bro. That would have been straight that, that to football. Wait, but that goes without saying. What he means by what I take him at when he says, I just got here, what I take him as is he just got the belt. He right. hasn't even defended the belt yet. He hasn't even, you know what I mean? He hasn't even defended the belt yet. So for a person in another division, because John Jones has amazing foresight. He has an amazing team. His team probably pointed him out like, 
that guy right there, that's, he's, that's the one. He's good. He, he, that's the guy. You gotta, you you gotta, you know, not focus on him. Keep him in your peripheral. Just keep, yeah, keep tabs on him. Keep him, keep tabs on him. And so, when he was asked about him after he first won that heavy middleweight belt, he should have been like, "Yo, that kid is, he's gonna be something special." Leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Because what he's supposed to do? Say, "Fuck, I just got the middleweight belt. Let me go out and slap on." What's the what's the what's the way different? Let me go ahead and slap on twenty four pounds, twenty five pounds, get to two hundred five, <laughs> and I mean, then what? I mean, is it? Let me see. Middleweight is what? I think it's uh, one eighty five. You slap on twenty pounds and then yeah. go fight the cream of the crop. Not put on this weight. Not get me a fight that you know I can get warmed up at. You know what I mean? Get fighting at different weights is different, bro. Of course, no question about that. Fuck you. Would would like at. My question to John Jones is, what did you expect to happen? Him to say, hey, fuck you. Let me put on these 25 pounds and I'll be ready to fight you come this summer. Come on, dog. That's all I got to say about it. I, mean, I, 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 and believe me when I tell you, I get that. It's just, it's the optics of the fact of, you could have just said it in a different way. Not, not even mentioned the fact that you were even. Oh yeah, we're gonna fight in the future. Like don't even, don't even, don't even. What he said. What he said was. Don't I'm, even tickle the what idea. What he said was, I just got here. Let oh. me, let me, let me get my little. Let me get some love. Let me get some shine. Let me tear up this middleweight division real quick. Before I set sights on another belt, like I gotta be able to. Oh, he could have said that. Right, and then when I'm ready, don't you know what I mean? Don't feel threatened by the freshman. You've been here. You've been you've been you've been holding that title since 2010. How how long you had that belt? Come on, man. I can, I can't even call him freshman, dog. You know what? Oh, you know you know all he is. See, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a terrible analogy. He's he's another senior that just came from a different high school. That's all this is. He showed up to a brand new campus. Don't come over here telling me you're a freshman. You you're a fucking senior. I don't know if he's a senior, man. And you were the. Top shit, where, where the fuck you came from. How can he be a and, senior? And now you're in a different high school with different environments, and that and that's just what it is. I just I, I guess we got to agree to disagree. I just think, like, Johnny, bro, my favorite fighter. I'm like, because you, you got, I he hasn't even defended his middleweight belt. What if he takes the next fight, he gets whooped in the middleweight, and then and oh, lose the belt? I, now what? I personally don't want him. Look, I don't even want him to take that fight. Which fight? With Jones. It's going to happen eventually. I mean, in the, it's fu- gotta happen. In, in the future, if he's able to put on that weight, perfectly fine. People only go up and down in weight when they got to. Yeah, it, well, no, Ain't no. nobody volunteering like, hey, let me go up. Unless no. you have a personal a, a goal. vendetta. Yeah. To, you know, unless you got a personal goal. But Conor Ain't just like, let me, just, let me move up. Just to be moving up. It's for a reason. Yeah, he wanted more money. What reason does... At this point in time, at this juncture in Israel Adesanya's career, what reason does he have to move up? Money. Only reason. That's not it. That's not it yet. He's probably already making way more money than he was prior to this. But either way, I, already they'll fight eventually. I mean, but I, I just I don't see I don't, I don't see a forthcoming anytime soon. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time that this guy decides to move up in weight, that John Jones ain't retiring. That he's I, not retiring? I know. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if John Jones declares retirement. All of a sudden, he moves up in weight. No, no. You know what I think is gonna happen? I think when 
John Jones or when people are cause I think when John Jones because after a certain time like you can't really keep fighting for nothing of course right I think when John Jones has been dominating the the light heavyweights for a cool little minute and he's looking around like there's nothing else for me to do Israel's gonna be ready that's gonna be one of John Jones last fights it's gotta be because think about it Israel just Israel like Come on, like I agree with him. He he he's just he's just stepping up on that national stage. It's just you gonna he just got there. You know? I mean, hey. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I just found that very intriguing. I I, I did too, but we'll see. I mean it is what it is, man. Because Kobe um, ain't got nobody to fight really. I mean, when you think about it, because, I mean, the, the only fight that he would have done for his retirement fight would have been against Brock. But, of course, with Brock's retirement from UFC and just not coming back, period. Yeah. Those millions are out the door. All I got to say, um, Lakers, man. They just uh, they just broke the bank for AD. Which was one of the wisest decisions. And they, they gave the boot to ball, which was, uh, I think, another smart move. I think they... I think they smartly overpaid. Of course. It's one of those things where it's like, you got to get it done. One thing one thing that I have an issue with, though, I wish the Lakers would have found some way to uh, keep their hands on Ball. Or not, if not Ball, Josh Hart. Ball or Josh Hart? I, I feel more so about Hart. They, they, they could have bred him within. It's because you know what? That's one of the things that a lot of teams are missing nowadays. You're not breed. You see, that Kobe was a breed of that team. He started there. He ended there. Right. You see, he was he was bred by the Lakers. I just you, think you, Ball. You don't, you don't have that much of that, and Ball would have been the exception. I mean, in that case scenario, because you know it, it would have worked out well if he would have continued. But you know, where the, the the downside to Ball, mm-hmm. and I don't give a shit how anybody sees it. The downside is the flapping of the motherfucking gums so of his old man. His old man pumped them too fucking wait, high. Wait, they, they, he did pump them up. He 100% did. Way but too much. when the season started, his dad wasn't on TV. His dad wasn't, you get what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like you kept, I feel, I feel like if they would have kept ball, he could have developed into something great. Right? I, no I, I just think yeah, so. No doubt about but it. But my thing is, um, and this is the one aspect of LeBron James' teams, all of them, that I don't like. He comes in and moves happen. Moves happen. But one thing that I don't like is young players don't get that time to develop. Because anytime LeBron James is involved in anything, which every player should be this way, right? But particularly LeBron James, mm-hmm. anytime he's involved with anything, is win now is win now time. So they don't got time to groom you up, give you the starting they don't got time for that. You either ready or you not. Because he was the exception. When he was young, he was ready. Right. And so, yeah, LeBron James, he was ready. The moment he stepped, he played his first game, he was ready for NBA. Yeah. Right? A lot of rookies that come into the game, they're not ready yet. It's, it it, it, it takes them some time. They got to get the body on them. They got to get, you know what I mean? When you come from college, come from college ball to an 82-game grind, 
you got 80, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a course. big difference. So, very few rookies come into the game ready to go. And when you got LeBron James on your team, if you're not ready to go, you will be moved. You will be traded. You will be whatever. You will be sent to the practice. You know what I mean? Because I think it was a wise move. Though. And I think I think Lonzo needed, he just needed that time to be able to figure out how to play Figure out how to stay healthy for eighty-two games. Get that, get that NBA body. Get that conditioning. Get that mileage on him, so that way he can be able to. No, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe about five, seven years down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in the Lakers. No, I'd, I'd say, I'd say seven years. I say seven, but why seven? Well, the, the same concept. They're thinking about bringing the mileage, Russell back though. The mileage, and then once he gets accustomed to a team and he starts doing good, he's not gonna want to come back that easily. He's gonna want to prove he has something to prove now. Now he has something to prove. Wherever he mm-hmm. lands, he has something to prove. He's in New Orleans. So think about it this way: it's a good and bad thing. Bad because yeah, he got knocked off the Lakers of a fucking amazing dynasty. But hey, now you've been given the opportunity to it's show cool. them they fucked up. Yeah, that's exactly what DeAndre Russell did. But what I think is, oh man, that fucking um. Pelicans though, I'm, we get back to the Lakers right now. The Pelicans though, they got a a whole squad. I think it's one person on that team older than twenty four. Young squad, ready like, and they got halftime. They're gonna have time to develop, get their get you know what I mean, get the requisite parts that they need. I think they fired that old GM. The moment that new GM stepped foot in there, trying to make things happen. <laughs> Let's let's all right. Let's let's move these contracts. Let's get let's get out of these. Find a way to get out of these bad deals, and let's use Anthony Davis and pull a heist on somebody. Lakers, huh? Got some good little assets over there. Let me see. Give me that 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 that, and all this. You got made that swap. It was a done deal. Done deal. But I I think regardless of it, it was a good deal though. I mean, Pelican, it was, it was good. Pelicans it was will be able to basically build something on it. You know what team I'm more intrigued in? Especially because Anthony Davis is already committed to after this year signing a max. So yeah. we're going to get him for another five. I heard about that. Five, four or five. But let, let, let me ask you about this. You know what's more intriguing what's to me about the moves that are happening? Is the rumored possibilities or the, the make sense possibilities, as I like to call them. Because obviously, you know, you got the Brooklyn... You know, team and Russell went. D'Lo went over to Brooklyn. Yeah, balled so, out, and now he's back number one on the Lakers' priority list. Right. So now Magic traded to you. Magic not here no more. Bring you back. Come on. So so figure that one. Yeah. Now let's consider one thing though. The biggest franchise in basketball is the one team that hasn't won shit in a long time, but they have a good opportunity to pull up some. What team? The Knicks. That's not the biggest fucking team. Bro, that's the big bro, what the fuck? That's the biggest money grossing franchise in the uh, NBA. Uh, Lakers got more championships than No, no, no. Come on. I'm talking about Is money. I'm not talking about championships. I'm talking about the oh, high, the, of the, course. the the strongest market. The dollar cuz the dollars square garden. Of course. That's called the Mecca, but let's not get it confused. I want to stop you right there. Yeah. The reason why it's called the Mecca is not don't get it confused. It is not because of the Knicks. No, it's because of boxing. Thank you. 
Oh, I know this, bro. I was about to say, it's because of fucking George Foreman and Muhammad and Ali it, and fucking Mike Tyson and it, well, Sugar Shane. And it, it's, even, <laughs> it's even before them. It's even before them. We're talking the Jack Dempsey's. We're talking yeah. about the you know Rocky Marciano's, the mm-hmm. Joe Lewis's. Yeah. yeah. Don't um, get it confused, so brother. For those that, 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 that don't know boxing very well, yes, Madison Square Garden is considered the mecca of boxing. So let's make that very clear. People just take away the boxing part just to and make just it equivalent. Mecca. Yeah, no, yeah. No. But here's the key. Fucking Nick saying one since 1970 or some bullshit. But here's, here's the flip side, though. So the conversation was, or the conversation I've been hearing lately is about KD, right? So, you know, KD with his little injuries and stuff like that, all that kind of bullshit. But regardless of what everybody's considering, okay, will he do another deal with Golden State? Because the Knicks have thrown out a big fucking deal, Tom, but hey. If you want to come out here, we'll give you that year to recover. We'll give you what the I, year to recover. We'll give the, you the money you need. And on top of that, they got some other bodies that they can pull up into the Knicks. What I heard might happen is that the Warriors might do a sign and trade. Just sign them on the max, trade them. Give them to the Knicks. He's going to be able to get that time to rest. I don't know. Because, look, regardless of whether you like KD or not, I like KD. Well, I, mean, I like KD, the basketball player. Okay, so as, as long as you don't like KD, the decision maker, <laughs> as much. I wasn't a fan of his, that. I just can't get over that one move. But, but, we're but think about it. That. So now at this point, mm-hmm. if he goes over to the Knicks, he changes things, bro. Because KD is a fucking, he, he's, a, he's a beast, dog. I don't give a fuck when anybody puts that in on He's a beast. He is but, a fucking beast that can make a difference, especially when, in a team like that. But for basketball... Of course. The worst injury any basketball player can have is an Achilles. And every it is a it, I all, know that. all the sport that's the worst that's the worst one. Oh, okay. Because you gotta be able to start, stop, jump, switch lateral. You gotta be able to do it all. Even in, in even in football is one of the worst. So with the recovery is is not that good? Um so they uh all the pundits are talking about it. Only one player has ever came back and was himself after an Achilles injury. And that was Dominique Wilkins. And he, he, tore, his, he tore his Achilles, came back the not the next year, but the following year, and was averaging 30. But even though he came back, he wasn't, like, he was, he was different, is what I say. Like, he wasn't Dominique Wilkins. Like, oh, my God. He was Dominique Wilkins. Still a great player, but not. He went from this to this. So he went from prime time to time. Something like that. Okay. But then they were kind of estimating the the age. So K, there was like, Katie may not fully be back, be back, back until he's 33. He just turned 31. And I'm like, damn. That's... that's a year and a half off your prime. Shit. I didn't know it was that bad. No, they, the Achilles is... So that's why the Warriors, I think they're going to pull up... They, I think the best thing they're going to do... They're going to pull a fast one on him. No, no. I think they're going to... They, they owe him. No, they're going to pay him, but they're, they they're going to pull I fast one. I think they're either going to... The, the things that make sense are... Pay, and I, I, I forgot who said it, but either sign and trade... Mm-hmm. Right, sign them and then trade them to a team that has that luxury of time, because the Warriors they believe they still have a window to win. We can't bring in other players because we got this large contract on the books. 
You know what I mean? Like, teams don't want to have to pay that luxury tax. So we'll sign you, we'll trade you, get you off our books, and we'll be able to use that money to bring in other players. Because, mind you, we still got Steph, we got Clay. we're going to get Clay back in a year. You know what I mean? We still want to be able to capitalize in this window. I believe the window's closed, but, you know, because you lose Clay for a year. He tore his ACL. That's interesting. So they're in, inter- they're in an interesting predicament just because what do they do? They owe Kevin Durant. And then uh, I think it was, I forgot who said it, but they were like, give, they may give um, Katie a two and one, a two for one. Sign him for three years. That third year is an option. He could either pick it up or pick it up or go. Right? That one first year in that option that first year in that contract gives him a chance to recover. That second year gives him a chance to get back on the court, show teams that he can play ball and he's still Kevin fucking Durant. Use that option on that third year. Go to another team. I just think it's a tricky situation, bro. Shit. It's tricky. That's wild. It's fucking tricky. So, like, you trade them to the Knicks because the Knicks got time. And the money. They got time and they got the money. They're not about to win. They're not, you know what I mean? They're not doing that. They're not doing anything this year. They're not doing it to win. They're just doing it to build. I think, though, I forgot who I heard say it. It was on ESPN. The balance of power in the NBA right now, for a while, it's been, been, um, it was LeBron James for a while. Wherever LeBron goes, that's what it, that's what the tip of scale is. Then when Kevin when Kevin Durant became a free agent, Kevin Durant hella shifted that shit like this when he joined to join that fucking all time great team, Kawhi Leonard. He's the balance of power, right? Remember how when because every year with with Ke- what every time it's time to re up. We're talking about the grown man, right? That grown man. That grown man. Because what, what, um, what LeBron used to do is he would sign, like, two-for-ones, right? <laughs> he would sign, like, a deal that gives him an out. Right. Right? And he would exercise that out. And every time he hit that free agent market, because he's hit it a couple times, even though he never exercised his power to use it every single time, he did that because he made sure that he was in a position to be able to dictate where the league goes. Right. So LeBron James is on the market. This is what everybody does. All the free agents do this. I'm not signing nothing until I see what that man does. <laughs> just, they just said that. That's genius. LeBron James. That's fucking genius, the, though. You, they make LeBron James the first domino to fall. Right? Okay. Now I'm ready. Where's the contract? LeBron James, where's the contract? I'm ready to sign now. I think when this free agent, time, when this free agent um, hits, there's a lot of marquees on the market. I don't think you're going to hear a peep out of anybody until Kawhi Leonard makes his decision. Which would make sense 100%. The reason why is because you get what I'm saying like it's just it's just it's one of those things where it's like um cuz wherever Kawhi goes, a lot of people are of the mindset that they're going to win. I personally think he should stay put right where you at. You think so? Yeah. Stay in Toronto. Why not? You're in Toronto. You're in a whole nother country. You're the only thing smoking. You're in an Eastern Conference. The only teams you have to worry about, Milwaukee, 
because Giannis is a man down there too. And then you got uh, Philadelphia. They got some issues of their own too. They got to worry about what they're gonna do with their with their uh, stars because you know they got they got some movement happening down there. So it's kind of like, I think Kawhi Leonard is, he he holds all the marbles right now. It's it'll be interesting to really, to see what that dollar amount. He's getting the max. Gears up to be. He's getting the max. Well, I, I know he's getting the max, but the question is, what's going to be the new max? Well, I don't know the numbers, but Toronto is the only one that can offer him a super max. Right, so the Supermax was introduced by the league a few years ago to incentivize players to stay with the teams that drafted them or the teams that have, what they call them, birthrights or something like that. The reason why Toronto could offer him the Supermax is because San Antonio held his rights and traded him right to Toronto. So I think his Supermax is like $221 million. Five-year, $221. And I think like... I may be I may be messing up the numbers, but I think the regular max is like 190, four year 190, or a five year 221 or something like that. Damn. Plus he just won. Plus he just won a title, so I'm sure there's incentives that he can get for that. He just won Finals MVP, so I'm sure there's you know other incentives and shit. But there's just a lot of fucking money there. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. You gotta fucking love it. But that's it. That's gonna be interesting, bro. I I, I re- I'm really I'm, I'm seriously intrigued with this whole shit about uh you know what July, the fuck's gonna happen with KD. It starts, it starts July first, baby. So it's gonna be very very interesting to find out what's gonna happen. Yeah. And how it's gonna go down. But damn. But a lot of people think that the only Kawhi is either gonna be Raptors or the Clippers. Lakers. Lake, like they were saying that he's gonna give the Lakers a meeting. Like he's gonna see what the, he's gonna answer the phone for him. But they think the battle is between Lakers or the Raptors and the Clippers. Everybody else is out. I could, I could, I could honestly agree with that. You know, because at the end of the day, I, I'd like to see with the Clippers, Loki. <sighs> I'd like to only because of they the might. fact that the Clippers know, they, they made some smart moves. I don't got nothing against the Clippers, man. I really they don't. made some smart moves. They got a young fucking team right there. Everybody, nobody's making money. They got enough for two max players. They can bring in two max guys. They got a lot of money on the books. I mean, I don't know, man. All I know, that's gonna be an intriguing task. So we gotta see what happens. We gotta see what happens there. We see Mike Conley go to Utah. I wasn't a particularly a fan of that move. He got traded to Utah. I don't. I don't really care for that move. Just because Utah's their downfall was not a point guard. Yeah, you get an upgraded point guard, but you know what I mean. Ricky Rubio was, I feel like, enough at point guard. So you bring in an upgraded point guard. But the problem that I feel like was your demise, is still a glaring problem, right? Nobody could, you you didn't have enough outside shooting. Then you go away. Then you go over here and trade Kyle Corver. Your best shooter. <laughs> right? So so they get they marginally, they, they get marginally better, but you know what I mean? Like when it comes down to that playoff and when you need niggas to start making shots, 
when you need dudes to get up off the bench and give you some quality minutes, I love Conley. I just, I don't love him in Utah. Conley's a great guard. I just don't love him for Utah. Hey, man, but you got to spread the wealth. You got to spread the wealth. I think, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like. You got to spread the wealth, man. You know, people are like, what should the Lakers do? Should they use the rest of the money to to spread out to other players to bring in? Or should they bundle that money up and go get a max? You see, man, that's why there's somebody in an office getting paid the big bucks to make that kind of motherfucking decision. They should call me. <laughs> hey, Jeannie, if you're listening to this. But like, I don't even charge that much. Jeannie, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Just give me, just give me, give me a hundred grand. I'll put it together. If it work, let's talk about a, a contract. You know, extend me. Extend. Give me a two for one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nah, but um, it it is what it is. I mean, we it was some interesting moves. I mean, Drake dropped two new joints. What you think about them? Flames. Hey man, what was the last time he dropped something that sucked? Drake never. No, nah, he's dropped something that had been questionable. At least for me. Well, it depends on what you you're know, feeling. But yeah, he dropped two right, new joints. Right. One of the joints. One of the joints I like better than the other one. One of the joints was like a cheat code though. Cause you get Rick Ross, you know you're gonna get some. You, you get Rick Ross, you get right. to beat that kicks. Yeah, you know you're gonna get some fire. Hey, Ross is, that fool's got some. And I have an issue. The fuck's the issue? Drake. With Ross? Drake. Oh. This this goes out to Drake. Don't you ever, I hit the mic, don't you ever call Benny Hanna's pigeon food again. <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Benny Hanna's <laughs> by calling it pigeon food. <laughs> Dog, he, he just called everybody that goes to Benny Hanna's pigeons. And you know what? I, you know what? It's, it's funny as fuck about it because I, I literally heard that shit, mm-hmm. and that same fucking day that I heard that shit, I was actually at Benny Hanna's because um, <laughs> funny thing, right? Because my my boy had his uh, um, he had his first performance at school, mm-hmm. and um, first yeah, his first performance. So it was just intriguing, man. You know? So you know, I was out there. At the, I had the little one with me. And then uh, after after his little performance or whatnot, you know, we decided to go to Benihana's. You know, just, you know, we wanted to eat something quick, you know, something quick, decent, and you know that that that, that we can. All I'm gonna say is they gotta the get some. New, they gotta get some new moves though. I'm tired of seeing the fucking uh, onion volcano. Fuck all that. Stop making Pac-Man with the rice. Do some other shit. Or Mickey Mouse with the rice. That's another. Yeah, one. don't do Mickey. I'm tired of Mickey Mouse and hey, the heartbeat. Have you, uh, yeah, the heartbeat. Come on, let's one. let's not do that. You know something? I don't know. It's just like, you know, th- th- this is where this is where I come to it. That's why there's times I really appreciate a good restaurant. Like, sometimes watching someone cook is boring. To be honest, yeah. You, you don't you don't just sit in the kitchen watching your mama cook, and you know that shit is fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's you you don't sit there watching auntie cook or, or, or grandma cook. Like you you don't do that. Yeah. You like nah, you go do what you do. But well, there's and, a lot of people who don't like hibachi style food, though. They don't. They, well, no, don't, no, no, they don't really I, care for it to be right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, it's for, for somebody doesn't make a big, big difference. For me, I think that like you know, it's like when they make me a good steak, I feel I feel like they're doing some voodoo to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because that should be coming out way too damn good. Because like, don't get me wrong, Benny Hines is cool. 
It's not my preference, though. Like, I wouldn't say, oh, man, hell yeah, we're going to go to Benihana's, like, for, like, you know, like, if it's, like, a special occasion. Like I fucks with Benihana's, though, man. You know? I mean, no, it's good. The, the rice is... rice. Yeah, no, the rice is fire. I hate motherfuckers who sit in there and they eat their rice before the food is done. You're fucking dumb. You know what? You're supposed to wait. Exactly. Eat it all together. You mix that shit and in. And that, that's an act of treason, by the way, because you know what I do? So all you got is meat fucking they, cubes. Everywhere. They give me the bowl. Mm-hmm. I grab the hot-ass bowl, and I flip it upside down. I leave the bowl on top. Yeah. I just let it sit there. And then when they throw me little 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 scrums and stuff, I just, okay, I'm waiting for my shit. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, one thing that I've come to the conclusion of, though, yeah. is that I love filet mignon. But for but for, for the for the life of me, mm-hmm. Benihana's can't get it right. Of course they can't. They can't get that piece of steak right. I, you know, and I'm, I'm watching them. Right. These are professionals. I hope so. And they can't get it right. But then you go to this fucking fancy little steakhouse. God knows what kind of voodoo they're doing in the back. They bring that motherfucker out. That shit is seared to tender perfection. Like, <laughs> like I'm telling you, man, the little filet mignons, you get an STK, you start. Right. You go to, you go to cut. Mm-hmm. Man, cut is fire. Get some of that YU. Yeah. <laughs> Flames, right? Man, let me tell you something. But this ain't the fucking cooking channel. But the point is, Drake, yeah, yeah that, that, that was kind of an act of treason for us uh, smaller folk, you know, that, that, yeah. that can only spend sometimes about 120 bucks for a meal, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Ain't no shame. Ain't no shame in that. Motherfucker um, called it pigeon food. I was there that goddamn day. <laughs> last thing I want to, I mean, I guess the last thing we'll touch on, man. I want to touch on the, uh, I usually don't watch award shows. I hate that. I okay, hate, well, I hate first of all, shows. I didn't even know there was an award show. That, that goes to show you. Yeah, it was the BET Awards. It happened uh, this past weekend. Sunday oh. was on. I hate award shows. I never, ever, ever watch award shows. But I wanted to watch. I didn't even watch this award show. I just tuned in for the Nipsey um, tribute. Okay. That's all I wanted to see, really. How'd that go? Um, it was legit, man. It was, it was good, man. Remember how when Nipsey first... When all this shit first broke out, and I and I talked about Nipsey's mom, when yeah. she was talking about like how, like how she just interpreted like the physical or the metaphysical and the spiritual connection that she felt. Mm-hmm. She got on stage and she was talking that shit again. Bro, I literally had chills. I was like, cause she was just talking about like how, how she felt the energy just move and she just had a hard time sleeping up until the point and like she wasn't even when she saw what happened. Like, she was never just, like, irate and just over the top and just crying uncontrollably and screaming. And, and she's, she's talked about the the anger that she felt at first. Like, the just the spirit of, like, like retribution and just anger. And all of a sudden, like, she was able just to wash that shit away. I just felt, I just, like, just the type of woman that she just comes off to be mm-hmm. is just crazy. Like... You know what I mean? Like I just, I just, I just feel some way about that. Like some type of way about that. Like how you just like, like, a master. You're just like a master of your own like emotion and like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know how to spend your attention and your emotion. And she just seems like she just has this higher level of just self consciousness where she's like something so devastating as having your son murdered. And just being able to be like, it's okay. Like, and just 
come to grips in your mind so quick that you get what I'm saying that you're not in that. You know what I mean? I can imagine if something like, and God forbid, knock on wood, something that like that happens to like a, like a real loved one of mine, bro. I will be ready to. You get what I'm saying? Like, or anybody that's just that close to me, right. bro. <clears throat> I can already envision. You know, and this may sound self-incriminating and shit. I can already envision that first phone call I make. It's going to be out of full, sheer retribution. <laughs> Let me find out who did this. Let me find out why it happened. And, then and I'm going to settle the score. I have a few phone calls I can make, and I know for a fact I can make something happen. I can, I can, I can settle the score. And that's and that's and that's nasty. That's disgusting. And when I thought about that of myself, and I was like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, that's that's nasty. What's not that's nasty? Not, that's not how I want to be. <sighs> to be able to, to, you know what I mean? I want to be able to have something so devastating be able to happen to me. Knock on wood, it doesn't. And me to be like, to have this calming spirit to be like. I don't know, maybe sometimes just finding peace within yourself. You ever heard the saying, you got to learn how to love yourself first before you can love others? Yeah. Maybe it's the same concept. Could be. Whatever it is. Matt, shout outs to I think, I think, um, and, and maybe, maybe you just, maybe you do not get to that point without um, having been through it a few times. Maybe she's, you know, lost other people that was, that was dear to her. And maybe she's had these, those same types of feelings of just anger and resentment and fucking uh, retaliation and shit like that. Could be. And so she, and she learned the hard way that you can't do that. Maybe it was through therapy. You know what I mean? So I just, I just, again, I just want to shout out to that, that whole family. Um, You get what I'm saying? Like rest in peace. You know, rest in peace to the hustle. But damn, that shit was uh that's all I wanted to see. And I saw the few performances that, you know, people did for him. It was pretty it was cool, it was cool. I um that's all I wanted to see. As soon as that shit went off, I turned that shit off. <laughs> I don't really care about the award shows and all that bullshit. Like, it's all a facade. No, I don't really give a fuck about that shit. And I and I venture to believe that some of those people don't really give a fuck about that shit. They're just there for the look, you know, so. You know, some I don't know why you just coming off left field. This, from from beginning of, of, of our conversation today up until right now, mm-hmm. there's been three key points that led me to one thing, one one mindset. You know, you, you know, randomly you just pick up information. Right. And all of a sudden you just get reminded of one thing and you're just like. Yeah. Little idea pops up. Sometimes it's a good one, sometimes it's a bad one, sometimes it's some stupid shit. Mm-hmm. But this is some stupid shit. <laughs> at least I know it. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's funny. At the beginning of this, it, 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 uh, we were talking Lonzo Ball, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about his pops. Uh, prior to that, we were talking about the fight game and shit. And, right. um, and now we got brought up to the awards. Did you see that interview that uh, Deontay Wilder did? You know, maybe like, um, I think it was like a little bit after or before the Ruiz fight. Can't recall when it happened. But they, they told him, they're like, hey, man, you know, why, why didn't that fight really ever happen? And 
This is Wilder you're talking about. Yeah, Deontay Wilder. And it was the interview they did with him, and this fool tells him, he's like, man, you know what's because, you know, this fool, um, you know, uh, uh, I already forgot this motherfucker's name. Damn, he, he, already, he, he already became a uh, Joshua. He's like, man, Joshua, he's like, he doesn't make his own decisions. You know, he's like, I make a phone call. One who answers, Eddie Hearn, his promoter. You know, a statement is made, his promoter makes it. Mm-hmm. You know, a video is made, his promoter's in it talking about everything while he's in the background. Right. And he's just like, you know, he's like, I just don't understand it, you know? Like, I'm over here trying to make a fight happen. I'm calling. I'm the one in front doing the stuff. And for whatever reason, every time I look at the videos, his promoter's in the videos, his promoter doing the interviews, his promoter all up in the... If you want a the- label <laughs> that ain't all up in the videos, <laughs> yeah. dancing. Yeah. You want... What'd he say, Sugar Knight? Yeah, he's like, come over to death row. <laughs> come to death row. Dog, I shit you not. All that, like that, those three little key elements of this whole conversation led videos. me to that. <laughs> and Wilder literally said that shit. And it was so funny because for motherfuckers that don't know what's up, mm-hmm. they, they might have looked at Wilder like he's the first one to say that shit. It's like, oh, damn. Yeah. Little do you know, man, Shug Knight was the first one to drop that piece. But it was hilarious. It was, more, source awards. it was more funny to me, though, mm-hmm. because I was just thinking about the Wilder shit. But Lonzo Ball's dad is the same shit. Basically. They'll never win another championship. It's like if his daddy's all in the videos, yeah, all in the interviews. If you if you want if you want to go if you want to go to a team that don't have that kind of shit, <laughs> get your ass over there. Come to the Lakers. No, no. Where did he go? Uh, go, 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 go to to fucking New Orleans. Go to the Pelicans. That's fucking great. You're not gonna deal with that shit. That is fucking yeah. funny, dog. <laughs> man, so we like 140 in, man. I think that's a. Uh, I think that should wrap it, man. Anything for the sake of the people? Ah, oh, man. Hey. Appreciate you guys tuning in, man. And did I even uh, did I even intro the episode? Yeah, yeah, you did. Man, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't sh- I didn't shout out anybody, man. Thank thank you to the listenership, man. Yeah. Um we appreciate the feedback. Um we are going to be having some um we are bi-weekly now. We are going to have some changes happening um for the better. Actually, we're going to start I'm 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 definitely gonna be dedicating myself to the social media shit, man. We gotta get some um we gotta we got, we just gotta get a look, man. We just gotta we just gotta get a better look, man. I, I think we owe it to to the to the listeners currently. I think we owe it to um shit, everybody. The future listeners, even to the people who see the shit and say, Fuck it, I'm not listening to that shit. You know what I mean? I, I, I definitely want to get a better look. So I'm, I'm definitely working on that shit night and day, thinking about how we can um, just increase our exposure, man. So if you're here along for the ride, man, if you're one of the day ones, man, I definitely 100,000% do appreciate you. Um, like I said, me and Jay talk about this all the time. So we will get this together. Episode yeah. 42, um, Good Riddance, the podcast. I'm starving. Um Go fucking buy a burger or some um Taco Tuesday, dog. Exit stage left. You ready? This motherfucker. <laughs> Over and out, man. <laughs>